Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast that discusses how to get unstuck in the areas of faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility in the hopes of inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, Brandon Cunningham is going to join me as we have a conversation with realtor and writer Cynthia Cummins. Cynthia has been a realtor for over 30 years in the San Francisco area and lives and works by the philosophy that the home is more than just a house, that the home is where you build sanctuary and connections with family and friends and build memories. She also will discuss with us about the importance of writing and bringing our whole self out from within our heads and onto paper so that we can bring our whole self into the work we do, into our businesses, and into every facet of our lives. So sit back and relax, maybe bust out a notebook and a pen and take some notes here as Brandon and I have a conversation with Cynthia. Here we go. All right. Hey, Brandon, welcome back to your own show. How are you doing? I don't know. Can I think about that question a minute and get back to you? Sure, but we might okay. be deep in conversation with our guest by then. So, okay, then yeah. I'll just say awesome. Just awesome. <laughs> Good deal. Better than you deserve? Wait, that's there Dave Ramsey. <laughs> anyway, we, don't, we didn't invite him, so that's, that's not important. What is important? He has we, asked to be on the show. We just told him no. Yes, that'd be so funny. Dave Ramsey? <laughs> His, <laughs> I, I said, you'll be a drag on the show. I don't want you on. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we're, we're, we, we've already lost it, Brandon. What happened? <laughs> what happened, my friend? Uh, all right, so the, the, the important thing about this episode is that we have a guest calling in from San Francisco, California, my home state, California, woohoo! Uh, and that is Cynthia Cummins, and she is a realtor over there with SF Homes, and uh, also helps folks with writing and mindfulness, and really getting their mindset around a house is more than a house, it's a home, and, and just bringing your whole life together in that home setting. So it's really cool that she brings that philosophy to her business and, you know, helps other people connect their mindfulness, their mindset, what makes them unique and, and, um, personable and human into the work that they do. So Cynthia, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Jerry. It's nice to be here with you and Brandon. And it's another beautiful day here in sunny, well, Usually sunny, <laughs> sometimes the, sunny San Francisco. <laughs> Once the fog burns off, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I I was I grew up as an Army brat, and we mentioned before we hit the record button that Brandon was stationed in California for a while. Uh, I didn't really mention that. I grew up predominantly in California. So uh, my ah. dad, my dad's from El Sobrani, which is over in the Richmond area, exactly um, outside of Oakland. And um, so when he was in the army and I was an army brat growing up as often as he could get stationed in California, he did. So we were in Presidio, we were at Fort Ord, we were in some uh, out of, in the middle of nowhere place called Fort Hunter Liggett. And mm-hmm. another place called Herlong, California, up in the Sierra Mountains. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, it was more of the desert, but it was close to the Sierra Mountains. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, but Monterey, I think I remember the most. You know, the fog rolling in in the morning, Beautiful. burns off. Yeah, comes back in in the evening. And the, the place was just magical. And San Francisco's like that, but with more people. So. Well, you know, that's funny. My father, um, who was in the Army uh, back in the late 50s, 
um, ended up, I grew up in Virginia mm-hmm. and, um, and he, we were, my parents were from Appalachia. Oh, okay. And, um, he got his orders after boot camp to go to, the Presidio in San Francisco. And at the time, he, they had a baby on the way. That was me. And um, he was like, "What? why would I want to go to California? Why would I want to go to San Francisco? It's so far away. He was the only one who was sent there. And oh. everyone else looked at him like he was out of his mind. And um, it turned out to be Presidio and his experience at Fort Scott turned out to be sort of like a country club oh, yeah. um, vacation. He had a great time. Loved yeah. it. Yeah, for people not familiar, that is one of those posts that's nestled up in the hills. Uh, <laughs> you have deer coming through your front yard every day. Um, the building's like, it doesn't matter where, you could be in like the brig and you've got a view of the ocean. <laughs> you know, like it's mm-hmm. uh, probably the most beautiful post you can get in all the army while it was open. I know they eventually closed it, but um, yeah, I had had an opportunity to be there a few times and I thought, wow, this is really nice, dad. You work here? He goes, yeah. And then. Yeah. The, the Presidio now is a national park. Mm-hmm. I think it's part of the national park service. And those, a lot of those buildings have been turned over to all sorts of different organizations, mostly, mostly not for profit. But yeah. before the army base closed, I remember, um, the Burger King on the post had front and center <laughs> Golden Gate Bridge. Um, Ren had lens views. It was an amazing place to go for lunch. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because it has a military strategic importance. I mean, you're at the hilltop. You can see the entire bay. Um, you can blow people up with cannons. Uh, but now it's being used for something much more peaceful and tranquil. And it's, it's fine. It's, it's really fine. And so tell me, uh, tell us about, you know, how you've been doing business, how long you've been doing business and how you do infuse who you are as a person and your values into how you do business? Well, that, there's a lot there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the, the, um, I used to be irritated when people would suggest that I was a sleazy salesperson mm-hmm. or something. Um, I would be deeply offended. Now I understand that what I do, my real estate work is really a noble practice, and I serve people. In fact, um, my own outlook is that nobody, I can't think of anyone who will love you like your real estate agent will, if you've got a good agent, because I mean, if you think about it, they're available 24 seven, they'll listen to you go on and on about whatever in the world you want to talk about. So you know, you're if you're going to see a therapist, or your pastor, or your doctor, They're going to say, okay, time's up, right? After 50 minutes, if you're lucky. But I'm there for people, and I'm there with a big overview about their whole lives. And I'm there as an agent of transition and hopefully transformation around home. But how I got to that place was sort of by accident. I was, um, had left a job, uh, in public relations at Banana Republic headquarters, oh, okay. which was then owned by Gap. Didn't like that work. It was awful. And um, my then boyfriend said, well, you know, if you're going to be miserable, you may as well get paid for it. Why don't you try being a real estate agent? <laughs> so I got my license and lo and behold, 
I found that I kind of had a knack for it and I liked it and I was good at it, especially after I realized that there was actually no sales involved. I didn't understand that. Now it's 30 some years later. Um, I've gone through different phases, through different market cycles. I have a definite approach and philosophy about the business that helps me feel authentic and happy and, you know, ready to serve. And I have my own agency and associates working with me. So I've come a long way from just sort of halfway saying, oh, all right, I'll get my license and see what happens. Yeah. And I just picked up that you you just mentioned 30 years of growing, you know, so it's not like 30 years and you're still doing the same thing you were doing 30 years ago. Like, I got to drum up some sales. Okay, now I got to close the sales. All right, now I got to drum up more sales. Got to close the sales because I ran into those folks. And it's like, why do you do this 30 years later? But then I've run into those who were in 10, 15, 20 years, uh, even 30 years, and they built entire shops around them where they had agents really doing the legwork for them. And, and you almost shift your role in a sense. So you're not as much doing the sales yourself, the marketing and all that you're leveraging other people and their skill sets to do it. Um, so I bet that was a learning process for you as well over those 30 years. Right. Well, I started my own business just two years ago and I, I didn't quite understand what I was getting into, Mm -hmm. but I found that I've grown into my leadership role in real estate. I mean, I've been a leader of, writing and mindfulness workshops. That's an avocation. Um, And I'm a parent and, you know, there are a lot of other ways in which I've um, guided and been a leader, but I've really been enjoying stepping into this role of entrepreneur and executive, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the person who's holding up a bigger vision for everyone, trying to support them. And my goal is for everyone who works with me to um, surpass me in terms of production. I put that in quote marks because yeah. I don't like that. It's like being a cow or something at a dairy. Um, I, But I do. I want them to do better than me so that I can step into more and more of a Pass, not passive, but a mentor, mentoring role. Um, so, and and I'm, I have a regular blog that I write about philosophy, the philosophy around home or ways to think about home, and that's going to be a book soon, hopefully this year. Um, and you know, I like spending time thinking about that instead of day to day transactions. So how has your business really changed in this last year? You know, most of a realtor's job is coming in and out of homes and meeting people and, and a lot of networking, I would, I would assume. Uh, how, is, how have you changed that to make it work in this current environment? Well, luckily, I'm, I'm a very established agent in San Francisco. Um, we were among the first in the nation to um, have really strict COVID protocols um, and a lockdown that started in mid-March of 2020. Um, you know, people are resilient, and we all figured out how to how to handle that. Um, that meant that... Uh, at least initially, all property showings were virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but now now we um in a in a city where everything was always by appointment not on lockboxes we shifted more to lockboxes where an agent with their two clients can go into a house alone and show it so uh there was a bigger emphasis on online marketing photos videos and then a lot of just appointment arranging right. um but what i think the more interesting thing is that home is more important than ever and 2020 i think forced people to really think and reevaluate what home means to them you know right. how does home support us as a sanctuary that became right. really important and i i love that shift have you seen a a a and i guess a rebound at this point cuz i'm assuming you saw a steep decline when everything was kind of shut down are you starting to see that open up again as people moving around san francisco once well, in san francisco um well the bottom line is that at the end of 2020 we were year over year single family home prices were up about 10% mm-hmm. so that was not an overall decline there was a moment of sort of freezing and wondering what to do and then a lot of young tech workers left their rentals and moved back home with mom and dad or decided now I can bo- buy in Boise Idaho or whatever um but right i mean i don't the condo market took a little hit because of that younger demographic but right now it's a rip roaring market um people want to buy a house they want to have a home it's i it's just know crazy. that there's some reports and I obviously I haven't researched it but I know that you know people move in and out of Texas just like they do California and Florida and everything else have you seen uh, as far as an influx of new people to California or are they just people that lived in California already but are moving to the bay area and deciding they want to expand I know a home in San Francisco is probably the cheapest as is anywhere in the world uh, I'm just kidding of course because the home prices there <laughs> 30 years ago when I was there a little bad apartment was kind of hard to <laughs> imagine the rent for but do you see more people in California moving to the bay area or is it people from out of state from different places I think a lot of the movement that I see is just people in San Francisco or m- buying for the first time when they were had been renting or moving to a new situation Right. So just kind of um uh like at one point you heard a lot about a big emphasis on foreign investors coming into San Francisco uh-huh. but in fact what I was seeing more of was long you know multi-generation families buying another place moving into a bigger house or downsizing so um and are these mostly new houses or are they buying previously owned houses as far as a, is there a building boom i know land is obviously as a premium there yeah building's been booming for quite a while there's been you know san francisco's only a 7 mile by 7 mile area and so there's supposedly not a lot of space to develop but the development over the last 
10 years has been. They've suffered a little bit um, during COVID. And it's a great time to buy something like that. Right. Um, but most of the the movement is in um, resales of existing right. housing stock or remodels or re-envisioning of existing housing stock. Um. <laughs> Before we get into politics and real estate and all of that, <laughs> tell us a little bit more about uh, your writing, the Wild at Heart writing and, Wild Heart and writing, how yeah. that uh, yeah. goes and, and what what your passion is behind that. Wild heart writing. Well, I have, I have a long background as a writer and I, um, I kind of put it on hold that and my musical pursuits for a long time, but about 15 years ago, I got back into it. I studied with um, a woman named Lori Wagner. Um, and I think her, her website is 27 powers.org. Um, and she taught a style of writing that uh, is very stream of consciousness style of writing, sort of like Natalie Goldberg espouses. And the idea is to let what wants to be said kind of come through you and fall onto the page without editing, without thinking, without organizing and um, it's an amazing way to approach writing, especially first draft material or trying to figure out what it is you want to say, right? Right. Um, there's a whole lot I can say about that. But um, I then began working um, with uh, a group of uh, mainly seniors at the San Francisco YMCA um, to lead my own style of workshop around this. Um, that incorporate a little more mindfulness with this writing approach. The idea being that writing can be a meditation um, and that if you can become mindful and still and let, let words come to you hmm. in that silence, um, that's where the most amazing stories ideas, discoveries about ourselves. It's like the life of our minds, what's in our hearts. A lot of it, it's a mystery to us. And unless we're willing to be quiet in prayer or meditation, unless we're willing to invoke the muse when it comes time to write, we can never tap into those unknown places. Right. So that eventually led me to do work um, with San Francisco Zen Center, leading workshops at Tassajara Zen Mountain Monastery and Green Gulch Farm. Um, and that's been very rewarding, but I haven't done any of that in the last year. I know a lot of people, myself included, uh, have a really hard time with being quiet. And uh, <laughs> we, we've kind of developed this culture of boredom is bad. We got to fill the void with noise or social media or a movie or TV or something. And uh, how do you how do you explain to somebody that uh, that's much younger, that's kind of really in that generation? How do you be quiet? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. 
It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Well, I mean, I would turn that, uh, I could turn that back around and ask you the question, but I think, I think the only way to, I can't tell anyone to do that, but I might suggest the idea of before you grab your mobile phone to see what just came up on Instagram or TikTok, um, just stop for a minute, feel yourself in your chair, feel your butt heavy in your chair. And take one deep inhale, exhale, just one, one breath, one breath, and then maybe three breaths. And there's stillness in that that can kind of realign you and help you do the next thing. So I guess a, a better way maybe of asking that is how do you get to that stillness? What, what do you do that gets you there? <laughs> well, I'm the queen of what they call, you know, monkey mind. Right. And in Zen um, practices, it's like, you know, your mind's just like a cage full of primates jumping around with all these great ideas and bananas, whatever. Um, I have, as much as possible, I try to every morning sit on a cushion for just 10 minutes. And during that time, I attempt to pay attention to my breathing or my belly or the space between my eyes or the top of my head or my heart. Just sit with that for five to 10 minutes. I usually can get about three breaths in where I'm actually paying attention to my breath. And the rest of it is total monkey mind. But that little bit helps. It does help. <laughs> I, I'm I'm studying some of that now of how to get into that deep work kind of mind space of not feeling like you need to know what's happening on Twitter or Facebook and that kind of thing and, and let the world run without you for a few minutes to just get that out of you, get back into your right mindset. So uh, what what's up next for you? Like, what are you looking forward to? What do you hope happens in 2021 and, and people can learn from you? Oh, what's up next for me? Wow. I hope that I get to go dancing with, um, you know, at, or get to work out in an exercise class with friends. I can't wait to actually have some people over for dinner again. Um, I want to see my sons and and hug them. I have one son who went to New Zealand oh, in January 1st, 2020. <laughs> Poor kid. And he's still yeah. there <laughs> having the time of his life in New Zealand during COVID. So um, life is good, but I miss him. That's a pretty good plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't, nobody saw that coming. Yep. Um, but what's next for me is... Um, Wow, that's such a great question. What's next for me? What's next for me is I have a little um, message. I alternate these messages that I keep on my little altar table. Um, 
that I look at. And um, the one I've been sitting with a lot is the way you live your life. The way you live your life today is the way you live your life. So what's next for me is trying to approach each day, each moment, each half hour, each whenever I think about it, to remember that this is my life right now. This is what matters. Be in it. Live it. And is this what I choose? Mm -hmm. Right. I love that mindset of just this is life. We're always looking forward to next month or next year. And you know, once I graduate or get married or change mm-hmm. jobs or whatever, it's like, no, this is it right here. Live it. Don't right. wait till the end to go, oh, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. It like long. when I do this, I'll be happy. Right. Well, one thing I'm mindful of right now is I'm here with Jerry and Brandon. You are the only two people in the world, actually, my world, right at this moment. Mm-hmm. And even though we're in three different geographic locations, I feel connected to you both. And there's something very human and very lovely about this moment. Awesome. I agree. Be present. (laughs) So people want to get in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing and find out about the book that you're going to publish this year. And I'm just (laughs) going to speak it into truth. Uh, What's the best way to do that? Well, uh, a fun thing to do would be to go to realestatetherapy.org. That's my blog. And there's a lot of writing about real estate, home, mindfulness there, realestatetherapy.org. And then there's also my uh, business website, which is kindred, SF, as in San Francisco, homes.com. So kindred, as in kindred spirits, sfhomes.com. And there is also uh, something called the Digest, which is another blog uh, that I contribute to, and so do my associates. And there's all kinds of oblique angles on real estate and home. Awesome. Um, And if somebody's just in San Francisco and wants to stop by and see you, what's your home address? Don't do it. Don't do it. I, (laughs) I I live in the Mission District. Oh, um, I live. I live very near Dolores Park, which seems to be like the place everybody wants to go when they come <laughs> to San Francisco. Um, and so, I'm happy to meet anybody in Dolores Park for tea anytime. <laughs> there you go. Um, until we're completely open for business, and then they can come to my office. <laughs> Hopefully that will happen soon. Yes. Thanks a lot for joining us. And we'll put all that in the show notes in case you're running or driving and you don't have a chance to write that down or punch it into your phone. Then you can go to the show notes and find out all about uh, how to get in touch with Cynthia. And if you do get to go there, she might meet you in the park. If you uh, send her an email and she finds out you're not crazy or something, but she'll, she'll do it during the middle of the day where other people are out. But thanks a lot for joining us. We really appreciate it. It was great to get to meet you. It was really nice to get to meet both of you. Thank you so much for your time today. You bet. Be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 259. There you'll find links to Cynthia's websites, some related episodes that we've done in the past, and much more. Now, the best way you can pay us back is really to pay us forward. So share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, your social media, or that neighbor across the street. Y'all probably thought I stopped saying that, but nope, that's just part of what I say. Um, now, from there, 
I'm going to have a squirrel moment. Check that out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Did you know I recorded my, my, my closet? You probably didn't know that, but now you do. That's not important. But what is important is that we're glad you joined us this week. And we look forward to you joining us again next week. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showvian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.